Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Ahlam wa sahlam marhaban bikum. Today we're going to have a brief reminder um, on the first day of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed me with the opportunity to speak to you and address you today um, on the first day of Ramadan. And is it, is it the special privilege in doing um, any other day inside Ramadan? Is it great talk and talk? But this one, it's a very important one because literally we received the news on Sunday. Um, we've got ready on a Monday, but here we are on Tuesday, and now we are fasting. And um, as of all Ramadans and every single Ramadan, the first day is usually that odd day, the day when you, you still think you can eat, and the day when you still reach for the fridge and have, have a look at or some, something you can snack on, the day when you're trying to adjust yourself to this um, new, you could say, way of life, this new um, temporary, you could say, temporary um, way of life throughout these 29 or 30 days and this what makes Ramadan very special especially for me is the community effort the the opportunity for us to worship Allah collectively as one ummah um, and allow us to share in a joint struggle now often especially if we are not in any any particular difficulty we can get very complacent with our lives with our privilege what the things we have and especially us in live in in you could say privileged societies uh like, like western countries we often not even realize and recognize um some of the blessings that allah has given us the many 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 blessings that allah has given us one of those blessings we witnessed um taken away from us last year and some of this year was our freedom to move about and go where we sought to the idea to just get up and go to a restaurant for something nice to eat go for go to a park for somewhere have a nice stroll just something um for us to just get up and and just do because we wanted to because we could do such freedoms um we had literally lost um and oh i think even especially for myself uh, i recognized that lesson especially even though i myself am an introvert i like being um, you could say on my own somewhat, but even with that, um, myself and I'm sure you, you you yourself also witnessed that there was an added level of appreciation, the ability to just go out and do as you wish. So this is one from Ramadan where we are uh, withholding and restraining ourselves from food and drink and our desires for 30 days during the time when the sun rises or when fajr begins until when the sun sets during this period of time we are sacrificing what we want to do for the greater good for our our iman so that hopefully so that hopefully you would gain and acquire taqwa and taqwa what is interesting about this word taqwa um, especially as it relates to the issue of fasting is that taqwa comes from what wiqaya as in to protect or to shield oneself so if we fast for Allah's sake and we hope to attain taqwa we hope to build up this shield that guards us and shades us and protects us from um, the evils of our own selves from the evils of other people and allows us to protect ourselves from the temptation, temptations of a shaitan. So we wish to build this shield. What better way to build the shield than with um, literally 
practice of withholding and restraining our nafs. This is the issue which, which often people overlook when it comes to al-Islam. Um, they think Islam is peace and love. And don't doubt it is the, the case. But al-Islam is al-Islam, submission. And to submit to him with obedience. Literally, fasting is our opportunity to submit in obedience to Allah. To put aside what we want to do and do what Allah wants us to do. And as one uh, individual mentioned, it's a very, uh, uh, it, was a, it was an amazing phrase. He said, Islam was not, if it was in line with everything he wanted to do, meaning, if Islam was literally um, told us to do what we wanted to do anyway, then there would be no test. We think about that. If, 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 if all the Sharia, if all the situations and circumstances that come in our lives and what Islam dictates was exactly what we wanted anyway, then there isn't really any test. So how can you really even say, listically, that um, you've worked for Jannah when you literally everything you've done was what you wanted to do anyway? Jannah needs to be strived for. As in the hadith, Allah mentioned to Jibra'il to go and look at Jannah and what he has promised inside Jannah for his believers. And Jibra'il looked and came back and said, Verily, I, I feel every single person who hears about this Jannah will definitely enter Jannah. I mean, if they hear about it, they'll obviously work and just do what they need, need to do to get this reward. But then Allah said, I placed upon it hardship and trials and difficulty. Now go and look on what I have prepared. And Jibra'il went and looked and saw that the hardship that was required to achieve this Jannah. And he came back and said, Verily, I fear that no one will enter it. As in, basically, the difficulties that I've placed, the, you could say the, the, the fee for entry into paradise is hardship. The fee for entry into salvation is obedience and is to um, do as we have been ordained to do lovingly in obedience to the one who created us purely for the fact that Allah is Allah. So this is, is one, of the, one of the beautiful things I, I, I feel about Ramadan, uh, especially myself, as we see this, this coming together of everyone doing the same thing, fasting together, um, looking out for each other. And uh, uh, you could say we, we are manifesting in physical form or we need to manifest internally. What I mean by that is we want food, we want drink, but we are physically not doing that. And the intent of that is that we're building up some, we're building up self-restraint, understanding, uh, and the idea of, of putting aside um, personal desires for, a, uh, for something greater later on, which is pretty much what we do in our dunya. We go to university, we go to college, we go to um, work, and we do all this work now for something greater later on. So we delay our gratification, or something later on and that's basically what we do during ramadan so in saying that that we've we've experienced covid we've even experienced previous ramadan um on lockdown even this ramadan is a special one because you could say it's our first ramadan when we can 
say in a way stretch our legs more than we could last year. Um, some massages are even open so we can take part in tarawih, which last year was was we we were it was taken away from us. Um, and we have we should definitely take this opportunity to, to give shukr and thanks to Allah to that who brought us and saved us until today. Unfortunately, there are many, many, many people, many of the Muslimin across the world who are unable to share this Ramadan with us this year. Last year, and I guess some of this year, there were many casualties across the world um, from this from this, this, this trial, this global trial of COVID. And um, some of us have departed us. And we ask Allah to forgive them and rectify, uh, not forgive them and grant them Jannah. Um, and it'll make it easy for those who are still with us to, to, to deal with and manage the loss of their loved ones, especially under the circumstances that happened with um, this current situation. But in the flip side, as if all things that are uh, with all difficulties and all bad news, there are um, things to be thankful for. Thankful to Allah for us, like I said, for us being here. Thankful for Allah. Thankful to Allah for us to even be Muslim. I mean, this is one of the biggest blessings of Al Islam of of anyone that can receive that they have been shown um, the beauty of Al Islam. They recognized it. Listen carefully. It's not just the issue of being shown the beauty of Islam, but they've also recognized the beauty and the benefits and the blessings of Islam. And Allah has given them the tawfiq, given them the ability and the blessing to acknowledge it and submit to it. Now, unfortunately, there are many, many people who see Islam day in and day out, but they don't recognize its truth. And some of them even recognize this truth, but do not submit to the truth. So we should be thankful to Allah for so many things of them. The most important of them is the fact that Allah has guided us to the straight path. And as you say, every time in our salah, guide us to the straight path. And this is something we repeat every single time in our salah, just so that we can help ask Allah to maintain, to, to first and foremost, give us a straight path that we, are upon, that, that, that we wish to be upon and to maintain that path once we have been placed on that path. And to make it easy for us to traverse this journey, because it is a journey. Um, it is a journey to wake up day in and day out, having to deal with the everyday rat race uh, of earning, looking after uh, our family and friends and responsibilities, and still on top of all of that, maintain the fort, maintain the the our identity as Muslims, especially in scenarios and situations and and environments that makes it very difficult for us to maintain our identity. And the Ramadan is one of those times where it becomes increasingly difficult to maintain that identity. Where, especially in non-Muslim countries, where people around us are eating all the time. They probably even offer you food. And we have to say, unfortunately, I can't have your food. Sorry, I am fasting. And we should always be proud as Muslims for that privilege of fasting during the month of Ramadan. Because this is our opportunity to wipe away the dirt of the past and embrace the the new habits of the future um and embrace you could say it's almost like a, it's almost like a ghusl ramadan is like a yearly ghusl of all the wasakh all the dirt that we've acquired over the previous years and our attempt to try and come out after that with 
better prospects and a brighter future um, for for our um, our journey towards our agile, our final end. And in traversing that now, in the next part of that, of what I want well, well, to, to encourage everyone to think about is the habits we want to build during this month of Ramadan and the habits we want to maintain after Ramadan. Now, what I, what I tend to advise people with when it comes to Ramadan sometimes may seem contrary to what others advise. And it's not to say that they are contradic contradictory or conflicting advice. They're both good advice and they're both valid in their due right. But my advice is always people is to spend this Ramadan to try and build upon habits that are small that you can maintain after. Now, when I say it might be different to what other people may say is because you may hear people, people say, I want to complete reading the Quran, the Ramadan, I want to do all my sunnahs, you know, the month of Ramadan, I want to do, do all of this, I want to do all of this, and have a long list of during the month of Ramadan. And no doubt these um, things are a blessing, and we should encourage people to do as much good deed as we can during this month of Ramadan, whether it be giving in charity, whether it be doing the specifically, whether it be doing our extra sunnahs, and so on and so forth. But what I also encourage people to do is to spend maybe even half an hour, maybe even an hour, and a good think about what can you do that is really small, almost insignificant, almost negligible, but you can do regularly to the level where by, by the time you finish these 29, 30 days, it's now a habit. It's not something you just normally do. Now, as an example, some of us may not pray with it. Maybe some of us lazy and they think to themselves, okay, look, I want to come out of this Ramadan doing my witr and maintaining my witr. Or we're talking about doing the ratid, doing the, 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 the two raka'ah before dhuhr, the two raka'ah after dhuhr, the two raka'ah after maghrib, the two raka'ah after isha, and the two raka'ah before fajr, the witr, so the, the highly encouraged sunnahs of uh, salah. Maybe we're falling short and we recognize that it's not that difficult. I mean, two rakah, well, it's not very difficult to do that uh, throughout the day. I mean, you're already praying seven, ten minutes already. It's not going to harm you to add just an extra three minutes to another, another salah. So you might dedicate yourself to just to, to do that. Maybe you want to choose to do some kind of adkar, maybe the, the dhikr, the adkar of the morning and the evening. Whatever it may be. I think it's important that we make targets ourselves and we try and build those habits rather than doing this liquor on this day and then this salah on that day and then this one on another day. They're all very great in and of themselves. But if you're doing random things on random days, what's the likelihood that you maintain all of those things regularly? And you want to make these actions a part of who you are, a part of your psychology, a part of how your behavior. That's one of the things I, I really love. I really appreciate. Um, uh, I was amazed about when I, when I was living in Saudi was the amount of the deen, the religion of Al-Islam was woven within the fabric of um, people's cultures, their behaviors, their dress, to the point whereby it was, it was second nature for people to make dua for you. It was second nature for people to make dhikr on its own. Um, it was woven within, the, like I said, the fabric of of society as a whole 
this is something we need to try and develop in ourselves and it's extremely difficult because we're in a society of people swearing all the time and um illicit behavior and all sorts of misgivings and, and, and misbehaving but what we want to do as much as possible is be that, that light that shining beacon in the darkness whereby anyone can just point to say yeah that guy over there mashallah he's always on point always righteous he's always doing the best he possibly can this is what i think will be uh, uh, an amazing thing to come out of ramadan with um, achieving and maintaining um, as we uh, as we exit Ramadan. So, in in the summary, what I'm what, I'm, what, you, what you can almost say is what I'm trying to what you can almost say that I'm trying to come across, uh, deliver here is take Ramadan as literally an opportunity to prepare yourself for the coming year. Let me say it one more time. So you're doing Ramadan, you're doing all these things inside Ramadan in preparation. For the coming year how how do you want to be uh from the shawwal to the sha'ban of the next year how do you want to be and behave during that next cycle um and this is something that says so, so it's kind of like looking at them looking at ramadan in a different light rather than looking at what can i achieve in the ramadan maybe think about what can i do in the ramadan to become better after ramadan if that makes sense so it's it's a more long-term approach as opposed to a short-term approach um this is something i always try and encourage people habits 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 that you can't underestimate the power of habits and as the hadith goes the best of actions are those that are small but consistent small things but are consistent um and on top of that and the last point i want to cover um, cover is community literally most of us some of us spent the majority of this last whole year indoors we've we've tried our best to maintain the the our relationships with others around us and throughout Ramadan through emails and social media and and phone calls and so on and so forth but for the large part we spent our times just with our immediate families and only Allah knows how difficult it has been for maybe those reverts out there um, who have come to Islam but haven't had the opportunity to 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 um join any of the muslim families through marriage or whatnot so they've literally spent their year on their own <clears throat> i mean obviously not on their own entirely they have okay because they've, they've kept they've, they've kept their type of communicating with muslims throughout the year but i'm talking about on, on a day-to-day basis um massages have been closed for a long lo- large part of it um work has been done at home so they haven't even seen the muslims at work we all know what's happened so as much as possible we need to try and reach out to those who we may not be as privileged as yourselves to be in a muslim family in a muslim environment and especially if you must as possibly can during the time of eid uh, this is something i always mention every single year often we forget um that not everyone is in the situation that we are in and we also we have to remember that we're in an environment that aid our situation, as I mentioned plenty of times in this talk. And it's in, it's, 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 it, it warms the heart when I hear about Muslim cultures in Muslim lands and how they behave during Eid. Just the other day, <clears throat> I heard that in, in Malaysia, for example, and in uh, Brunei, they have a natural culture during the time of Eid 
whereby literally the front doors are open. Literally, the front doors are open and literally invite any random Joe on the street to come in to have some food during the Eid as a means of inviting and embracing the white community um, in the beauty of Al-Islam. And it's not just only in those two places. Um, even whilst I was in, in Saudi Arabia, it was, it was very common um, for, for the Muslim to say, have some food, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, these are the things, like I said, these are the community-based things that have, is almost second nature uh, in Muslim lands. They have to make extra, extra effort to try and inject that into our lives um, in the West. Um, and it's something we should definitely, definitely do, even if it means inviting those who aren't even Muslim. So what I encourage people to do, if they have non-Muslim neighbors, I'm sure everyone does, um, is during the month of Ramadan and maybe during Eid as well, prepare something for your neighbors. Give them a dish, give them some sweets, give them something, let them recognize that it's Ramadan and that you as a Muslim are giving them something and be nice to them, sharing that uh, the beauty of Al-Islam. You have to, see guys, you have to remember, um, very few people, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I may be wrong, but very few people come to Islam due to logical reasons only. I would, I would bet that a large proportion of people come to Islam due to emotional reasons, i.e. they've met Muslims who are amazing people, they've seen the community of Muslims being so beautiful, they've heard the, the, the adhan, they've, they've, they've seen, heard how beautiful that sounds, they've been emotionally moved to accept Islam, they've been emotionally um, encouraged to see the beauty of Islam, and it wasn't just an issue of, well, three gods in one doesn't make sense. It, yeah, true, that may open the doors of consideration, but that move, that step to accept Islam and embrace Islam, I would, I would make a, quite a strong bet, uh, and it's a, not, not a gambling bet, a juror. I would make a strong bet that, it's, um, that most people embrace Islam due to some emotional movement. That emotional movement could even be something tragic, a death of a loved one. Maybe themselves they've heard of, they, they've, they've come to realize the realization of the shortness of their own lives. Maybe an accident brought into a near-death experience. These kind of things. So emotionally, they will move to consider and then leave and then accept. So this is the mega good reason why we should try our best to embrace those around us with things like this. And like I said, it's, there's, no one can really quantify how emotionally moved a person will be by you preparing food for them. I mean, that's actually an amazing thing. I mean, I always bring this one example all the time, like a maniac. Uh, when we was, I took a, a group of people to, to Umrah and we were on a bus driving from Mecca to Medina and it was during Ramadan time and they sadly came in the middle of a motorway and stopped our, uh, as it came out in the middle of the road and stopped our bus. And then the bus stopped, we thought, what's going on? Is it, do you need any help? The guy came on the bus and he didn't say anything else, he just started to just count heads. And then he went off the bus. And we think to ourselves, what's going on? What's he counting for? And he came back on the bus with bags of food. He was counting how many people would he have to feed for this day's iftar. Random person on this, on, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the desert, stopping random buses, giving people food to break their fast during Ramadan. That day, 
was like many days in Saudi Arabia. That day was, was insane. And the way people feel was amazing. This stranger, he had no idea. I mean, even, even, it even broke down barriers of assumption. He didn't look like the atypical righteous person, big long beard and cool. No, he was, it was just like a normal everyday Saudi. But he said to me, he said to himself, he, he made the decision. Today is the day I'm going to feed the people coming from Mecca to Medina and I'll get the reward. That was it. And he made the effort and he fed us. And we want to tell you, Grave Mala, bless him and reward him um, for, for that one event that I've, I've told hundreds of people um, in many of my discussions and talks about that one individual because it was literally an amazing thing. And so imagine you are that person this Ramadan to your neighbors, knocking on their door and bringing a massive pot of biryani or something, I don't know, <laughs> whatever you want to give them. And, uh, and, they, and they look at you thinking, what's happening, what's happening? And, oh, it's Ramadan, we've been our fast, we would like you to have some food with us. Here you go. If you want to go the extra length, if you've got the space in your house, depending how big your house is, you can invite them around as well. And say, here you go, have some food, gentlemen. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, they will leave your house or they will take your food and they will eat your food and they will be shocked. And they may even think, mashallah, well, don't say mashallah, but they'll think, oh, these Muslim guys, they're so amazing. This is how we break the narrative that we're all terrorists and maniacs and blow each other up. This is how you break the narrative, not through counter da'wah videos who just say, oh, we're not terrorists. No, show the people that Muslims are who we are. As Allah said in the Quran, Kuntum khayra ummatin lin-nas. You are the greatest nations that have ever come out to mankind. You order the good. And you forbid from the evil. And you believe in Allah. So we should take these, these, these kind words of advice for everyone here. Um, this is the first day of Ramadan, first of many days to come. Inshallah, hopefully may Allah make it easy for you this fast and facilitate for you all avenues of worship and may Allah accept it from you, all of you, um, during this blessed month in Ramadan 2021. And so we can open up for any um, questions and has so in you know, five, ten minutes before we all get ready for our iftar, start getting our samosas frying, so and so forth. Any questions, anyone? Any questions, anyone? So, so if, I mean, I, I, if anyone has any questions, you can please type it. Otherwise, um, I'll just just fill in the air and someone mention anything. So, um, maybe you can, anyone can share with us another. Maybe, maybe you, have, you don't have a question, but maybe you can share with us what you plan to do during the month of Ramadan or what you plan to do uh, for others during this blessed month of Ramadan. Please don't be shy. Just type in the comments and we will. And maybe, maybe what you plan to do will be an inspiration for others. Plan to do. Um, as for myself, as I'm, as I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll open up for myself. Um, one of the benefits I, I got from last year Ramadan was Taraweeh. Uh, normally we go to Taraweeh in the masjid. Um, and it was, uh, and, and normally I would say, most of us go to the masjid, we stand, we bow, we prostrate, and then we leave. And our engagement psychologically with it was, or is, 
less than it needs to be. Whereas last year when we were on lockdown, um, we had the choice, and I guess you could say we were forced to either not pray at all or pray on your own. Alhamdulillah, Allah facilitated and Allah aided me to lead my family in salah. Uh, and it was the best experiences um, to date when it comes to that. So I encourage you all to give that a try, even if it's only a few days. Um, and if you don't have to be half a Quran, you can hold the mustaf if you wish to um, and try your best to um, lead, even if it's two raka'ah, even if it's just something, your family in salah. That will be an amazing event, amazing thing to do on a regular basis that maybe, maybe after Ramadan, um, you can um, maintain that and keep it going. Remember, we call it Taraweeh, but Taraweeh is basically Qiyam al nighttime prayer. And Qiyam al was something that Masjid Allah did وسلم, in Ramadan and outside Ramadan. It's not something we should just only do during Ramadan. We can also do um, Qiyam al outside of Ramadan. Um, as long as it's after Isha and before Fajr, we can do just two raka'ah, if it's that small thing, and you can pray. And like I said, most some of us try and put unrealistic goals in ourselves, which I say, yeah, we have to do a whole 20 raka'ah to finish whole Quran. No. Like I said, something small, Pakistan. Maybe all you can do this whole month is read one juice. But that's better than doing nothing. So do your best you can. Okay, so I've seen some stuff come up. Um, it's just the same thing repeated. Okay, so what advice do you give about the number of raka'at and taraweeh if you're praying on your own? As the hadith of Mr. Allah, when he was asked about that, do your do your qiyamul time in twos and twos and twos, and if you fear the dawn break, then finish it off with an odd number. So, rather than trying to dictate upon yourself and make it mandatory for yourself to do an X amount of number that you probably can't even keep up and maintain, try and just do what you can do. So maybe today you could just do two. Maybe tomorrow you can do four. Maybe after that you can do six. Maybe you do two for half an hour long. Maybe you do six for 20 minutes long. Switch it up. Try your best to find that balance, um, but not overdo it. If your back starts hurting you, take a seat. If you, if you get too tired, have a rest. Just make, make it something that is manageable, main, something easy to maintain, and something you can, can realistically try and continue after the fact. I think that'd be a lot better than just trying to overload yourself. Half kill yourself half dead, you're half dead, your family's half dead, everyone comes out of Ramadan exhausted and uh, almost, almost not in the case, but almost feeling um uh what's the word? Burdened. Make it something that is invertible. And also maybe you can try to when you do your two raka'a, okay, remember you're doing twos and twos. When you do your two. Between each raka'ah, have a break. Do two raka'ah, and then maybe have 10, 15 minute break. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong in having a break. There's nothing in Islam that says that at all 28, six raka'ah you do have to be consecutive. You can do two raka'ah, you can get up, have a drink, uh, you know, uh, text your mom, ask her how she is, walk around, um, give your family a hug, and then do another two, and then sit on the sofa, chill for a bit, and then do another two after that. There's no reason why you can't spread it out. Um, you don't have to overburden yourself. Uh, can I ask about crypto? Um, you could, but this is not really the time for that. Is it? <laughs> uh, 
um so that's another thing by the way um someone asked about crypto um and i would say uh and, I'll, and i have a video actually coming out on that soon i would say that during the month of ramadan don't be unrealistic in the sense that you um starve yourself from that which is normal so for example imagine you you i don't know you follow football scores for example so i don't know if it, i don't know if there's football going on now well imagine you follow the football scores this match and that match there's nothing wrong in still doing that i mean there's nothing in islam that says you can't follow the football scores or imagine um you love reading novels about science fiction or whatever it is there's no reason why you still can't do that during ramadan time all it means is that try and allocate some time to worship allah alongside what you normally do so i would say whatever you do which is halal and mubah you can continue doing it. there's nothing wrong in that but just try and allocate some time to some righteousness so imagine you spend normally about two hours reading a book a day maybe spend an hour reading a book and an hour reading the quran so you still get to do what you normally do and get that off your chest and then do what you want to do uh, or do the acts of worship you can also do so balance listen listen everyone balance is so important especially for reverts sometimes people go over the top they go so far to get something that it's basically like, like an elastic when you pull an elastic the more you pull the more painful it is when you let go and it snaps your hand so try and basically do your islam in a comfortable manner is maintainable and sustainable that's the best way to say it. it's sustainable um it's like exercise really you could exercise for a whole two hours straight and kill yourself and then you spend like two weeks in hospital and it's not that's the benefit is it just do 10 minutes 20 minutes exercise but regularly more better um so that's for ish crypto there's no reason why you still can't trade or buy or whatever you want to do just as long as you allocate some time you would do to, to righteousness or integrate that's a good one integrate in what you do in your dunya so imagine you do trading imagine you do business maybe this ramadan before you do business make dua to allah spend 10 minutes just making dua for allah to make your business successful and allow you to appreciate what allah has given you and um uh and bless you in that in which you earn so you're still doing business, but you're now acting and, and, and embedding within that ibadah. Um, well, what are the actions that should be done during Ramadan? As much as you can. Um, there's so many things that can be said. I mean, that's the worship. Um, if I'm praying to awake in my own nights, what time is the best time to start and do I? Uh, and do I do it with Isha or delay? That isn't again, like I said, it's entirely to you. It's straight after Isha, which will be more convenient and easy for yourself. You pray Isha, you pray Talaway, and then you have the rest of the night to either sleep or whatnot. By all means, do that. If you want to get a greater reward by separating half of the night, by all means, do that. If you want to go sleep after Isha and wake up and last further than the night, by all means, do that. Whatever is easy for you to do, then do. Um, no doubt, uh, doing it, delaying it later on in the night is a greater reward, but you have to balance off greater reward from actually missing it entirely. Maybe you've gone to sleep with the intention of praying last third of the night, and you wake up after suhoor, and you missed it. So, do balance and do the best you can.
Now, does reading the whole Quran, the whole English Quran, also count towards completing it? So, reading the the English uh, or reading the Quran in the language counts as studying the Quran, but it doesn't count as the recita recitation of Quran that you get reward for each letter. So, there's a hadith which says you get reward for each letter. But yeah, you do get reward for each Arabic letter you recite, not for each English letter you recite, but you will still get the reward of the contemplation of the Quran in English. So think about it. If you read the Quran in Arabic and you have no idea what Arabic is saying, you're getting a reward for the recitation, but not the not the tadabur, not the contemplation. If you read the English, then you're getting a reward for the contemplation, but not the qira'ah. And obviously if you're Arabic, uh, then you're getting both rewards. So do the best you can. Um, uh, you, uh, I know you're saying it's easy uh, to take it easy. Uh, but isn't Ramadan about pushing yourself? No, maybe misunderstood. I'm not saying take it easy. I'm saying try and find things that you can do in Ramadan that are sustainable after Ramadan. Something that you can come out of it with habits that remain. Um, now, when it says push yourself, yeah, push yourself to do those things that I said. Push yourself to do things that can remain and sustain yourself after that. If you want to push yourself further than that, then by all means do so. But like I said to you, um uh, i never i said to you both per, um both both positions both opinions are they're not conflicting they're not like they're like opposites you could do this you can do that what i'm saying is that open up the doors and the avenues for that which is consistent um especially when you can um help engage your club your heart with what you're doing and also you have to remember is that um a big part of worship is engaging your heart in what you're doing and it becomes increasingly more difficult to engage your heart in something that is effectively painful or effectively difficult or causing you distress so it's far greater and more effective to engage your heart engage your worship of allah whereby you are actually wanting to do it you are actually i won't say enjoying like a fun thing but you actually are coming out of it feeling elevated and elated whereas for example i mean look at the hadith of the of the where one sahabiya female sahaba was praying and she hung a rope from the ceiling so when she got tired she would she would hold herself up and mr Allah said don't do that just sleep man that's an example of pushing yourself to the degree where it's just now counterproductive now you're going beyond now you're going to the other extreme worship allah until you get tired then sleep and then wake up and then worship allah so yeah all i'm saying be balanced um, what do you eat for suhoor? What do you eat in suhoor? Interesting. <laughs> That's an interesting. Well, um, I'm trying to do this juice thing. Uh, That's what I think to say, juice thing. I'm trying to um, um, uh, lose the COVID weight. I'm sure all of you, or some of you, have gained a few pounds during COVID. I'm sure some of you, especially those who have been at home or been working from home, no walking around to work or whatnot, no public transport. See, literally, I'm sure you, some of you gain a few kilos. I'm not an exception to that. So I've been trying to lose weight by eating healthily for dinner and juicing throughout the day or eating or drinking juice throughout the day, healthy juices. Obviously, you can't do that now. So what I've, been, what I've planned to try and do is also continue the juicing, um, but also maybe have um, something a bit more heavy uh, as a juice. So Quaker Oats, Banana, date, maybe one or two dates, 
um, honey, and uh, I forgot the other ingredient, tahina, uh, blended in the juice, and that was it. That's what I had uh, yesterday. And it's been great, actually. Um, we've got probably another hour until iftar. I'm not really hungry. And I did half an hour exercise in the morning and probably about 45, 45 minutes walking as well, exercise, and it's been fine. So that's going to be something to try. Try and have suhoor, that's something that's going to be, um, again, have suhoor, take your fast easy. Again, and emphasize what I've said about worship. Don't worship Allah by deliberately putting yourself in difficulty. That's not from Islam. If you are worshiping, worshiping Allah and it's difficult, you get reward for that difficulty, having patience. But if you worship Allah and it's easy and you make yourself difficult thinking that it's going to get extra reward, that's not the case. That's not the case. My teacher said that's, 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 bad, that's false. There's nothing in Islam which says you must make things difficult to get reward. The issue of difficulty is if it is difficult and you have patience, then great. You get extra reward for that difficulty. But it's not that if it is easy, you make yourself difficult. That's now going in ghulu, in extremes in religion. Um, so the Messenger of Allah said that this ummah that will remain upon good as long as they delay the suhoor and they rush to break their fast. That is literally a manifestation of what I've been trying to say. Is that delaying the suhoor means that you'll leave it to the last possible moment to eat food and rushing to break your fast, meaning you'll break your fast as early as possible you can, making the window for your fast as small as possible. Is that cheating the deen? Is that, is that being miserly? Is that being, you know, no, that's actually trying your best to worship Allah in a sustainable way, as opposed to making your fast long. Anyway, get just. Um, I think I'll just take one more question and then, and then I, I need to get ready to do other things. Um, uh, this is a, uh, how much can the Imam recite Taraweeh? Um, again, uh, one of the beautiful things about COVID uh, is that it revealed a lot of the fallacies we've assumed to be true. Fallacy number one, you must do 20 rak'at or 8 rak'at. No, you don't. Fallacy number two, you must finish the Quran during Ramadan. No, you don't. If you did complete rak'at and you did finish the Quran during Ramadan, that is great. But if you can't, I mean, imagine you, imagine you, read, imagine you read Quran, as in you're going to try and read Quran, you want to try and read um, uh, Qiyam al or Taraweeh in your own home, and you you literally read from the Mus'af because you haven't memorized the Quran, and your reading is like this: the the likal kitabu la riba fi. You're not finishing the Quran anytime soon. You're not doing it. Not at that speed. Not at that pace. So why make a a target that is unrealistic and make it difficult for yourself. Just read what you can. Maybe set yourself a time target. I'm going to pray today for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour. Manageable. Maybe you in that 20 minutes, all you can read is three pages. I listen. There's hadith one who recites Quran and it's shaq alayh and it's difficult for him to read. He gets double the reward. So you actually get more reward than the Imam who recites like this. Listen carefully. And the Imam recites ease. He gets half the reward to, you know, as Allah said, make the religion easy for the people. 
make religion easy for people. Stop. Thank you for having me here in this uh, blessed um, radio station. We hope you've benefited from what I had to say. Um, please uh, make dua for all the Muslimin during this blessed month and ask Allah to remove this, <clears throat> this global bala, this global pandemic from us so we can return to some uh, level of normality in our lives. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.